everybody to the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast with your two favorite youth pastors, Kyle and Derek, back for another episode talking every single week about how not to be a youth pastor. This week sponsored by Uno. Now with customizable wild cards. Uno. To the box. It's your world. That's their slogan. Apparently. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> what? Like... Every single business you can think of yep, could have the slogan, it's your world. Yeah. 3M, it's your world. We just put post-it notes in it. McDonald's, it's your world. We just make it fatter. Love it. <laughs> Peloton, it's your world. <laughs> Call us when you've eaten too much McDonald's. <laughs> hey, I will say McDonald's is inherently bad. I, I love to partake in McDonald's. I I do I do love me some good McDonald's. Yeah. I all, almost every single time feel bad about it afterwards, but it tastes good. Yeah. I'm Much have like some for lunch today. There's there's an analogy to like sin. Yeah. Somewhere in what we just said. Yep. But uh that's all right. Derek, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be back for another episode. Yep. 89. Uh, Episode 89, that is true. Creeping ever closer to triple digits. Uh, We mentioned at the end of our last episode uh, that we need to do something special for episode 100, but we're not sure what that's going to be. So uh, listeners, if you guys have any suggestions, ideas, wild-brained suggestions, uh, it it, it needs to be off the wall. Yep. Uh, The real question is, will there be an episode 101, or do we just have to call it quits at 100? Or do we eat 100 hot dogs in the episode? That would be interesting <laughs> to say, like, we're going to, over the episode length, we're going to consume a hundred of blank. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if I could do hot dogs. M&M's? If I have to eat 50 Oreos. of the hot dogs. Oh, Oreos would be terrible. Oreos. 50 Oreos a piece. Oh, boy. I think I could. I do one, love Oreos. I think like one, like one package of Oreos, I think has like. I feel like we're not thinking some. this through because. You need the same body part to eat and do a podcast. Like you can only do so like you have to talk yeah. and eat at the same time. Yeah. I don't think that's going to work. We'll, we'll, figure we'll it come out. up with something. We'll figure it out. Uh, but we are in the middle of a, uh, a series uh, kind of talking to high schoolers, young adults. Uh, the last episode we kind of talked about, okay, like I'm called into ministry. I want to go into ministry. Like, what do I do? How do I do that? Uh, on today's episode, uh, we are going to be talking about, uh, talking to people who are, feel like they are called to be a missionary. Mm -hmm. I want to go into missions. Now what? And so before we do that, we thought we'd, uh, start off the episode with the very appropriate quick question, uh, asking Derek, what countries have you been to? United States of America. One. Uh, Canada. Two. Mexico. Three. Israel. Four. If you like fly... Do, yeah, I was going to say, do layovers count? I don't know. I mean, technically, you've been to that country. So maybe, True. maybe we'll have a caveat for those. All right. Uh, All right. So um, what's your caveat country? Germany. Germany. When we nice. were uh, going to Israel. Israel. You, you already uh, said that. Is, is the other one. I haven't said Israel yet. You said Israel. I did? Yeah. No, I didn't. You said, you said United States, Canada. Mexico. Mexico, Israel, and then you were like, do layovers count? Oh. 
Dang it. Maybe I did. So you're at four with one caveat. I can't wait to go back and four and a half into that. Um, okay. Um, Are you doubting me, right? Yeah. Come on. We we need to go to like that progressive commercial where they challenge. They're throwing yeah. the flags. <laughs> yeah. Bring um, it on. Okay. I can't I think wait. That's it, though. I can't wait to record our next episode. Where you then have to admit that I was right on the last episode. Probably. Uh, it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward we to it. We could just stop recording this one, go back and listen no, to it, and but, then keep recording. This, this builds in suspense. All right. For us, it's two weeks of suspense. Everybody else just backtracked 15 oh, no. when, seconds when, and already figured it when, out. When we're done with this, we're gonna when we're done recording, we're going to go back. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. So what was that? There was four, four plus one? Plus a caveat. All right. Yeah. Uh, I guess we're counting the United States. That's fair. Um, <laughs> it is a country. Canada. I don't think I've been to Mexico. Uh, Puerto Rico is not a country. <laughs> I was going to nope. say Puerto Rico. Uh, Dominican Republic. Nice. Uh, Panama. Costa Rica. Um, have I been to any other Central American countries? I don't think so. Israel. Ireland. Uh, I had a layover in Germany. I've been to Spain. Yep. Forgot about that one. Did you say Ireland? I did say Ireland. Did I? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had a layover in Austria. Oh, Austria. Yep. Put a little shrimp on the barbie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great movie, by Um, the way. Had a layover in England. On our way to Ireland. So that's three layovers and I think six countries. That feels wrong. I don't know. That's what I got. Impressive. Yeah. Six countries and three layovers in other countries. Well done. Thank you. Proud of you. Yep. Uh, Speaking of going to other countries. Let's go to... Be a missionary. Let's be a missionary. So we we started off the last episode by kind of diving into like how Cautions. do you how do you know yeah if you are called to missions yeah um so what are what would you say are some of the potential I don't want to say warning signs, but yeah, I don't know. I've never, I've never been called, so I'm just kidding. Yeah, I have been called to be a missionary. I don't know. Uh, one of the signs that you have been called to be a missionary is if you've ever uttered the words "God, I'll do anything, just don't send me to Africa." Yep, um, that is a telltale sign that you will end up as a missionary in yep. Africa. Uh huh. Um, I I think that uh, I I honestly think that. Like being called to be a missionary, a lot of times comes with uh, having just a passion for the lost. Yep, uh, and a passion for sometimes like a a specific people. Totally, and that that's what I was gonna say is when you when you see you know this country or you you read about this country or you know you you think of this this people group. It just there's there's this fire burning with inside of you of just like you want to do something you want to be there you want to be immersed in that culture um i think we didn't talk about this last episode but sometimes we almost over spiritualize things when like when you're just randomly passionate about an area that's not your own that's significant you know it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be thus saith the lord you're called to go be that missionary like when you have that that premonition that that 
uncharacteristic passion for people, tune into that because it's probably yeah. significant, probably mm-hmm. spirit led, you know? Yeah. But I, I do feel like, Kyle, I mean, again, understanding full well, you and I were not called into vocational missions in the case that we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we participate in missions, we go on mission trips, all those different things. However, I think a lot of the same metric applies if you're called into missions. That being, you feel like you're, you feel like something, some why, some way, God's calling me to do this. The next step would be you, you talk to a mentor, you talk to leaders, you talk to people that you love and trust you, and kind of start going down that process. To me, yeah, yeah, I think that, uh, and and we'll dive into. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for our listeners, but we've got. Um, four easy payments. Yep. Four easy steps. But uh, if you listen to our last episode and and have heard us do this in the past, we've got four easy steps. But if you listen now, we've got a fifth one for free. Yep. That's what we did on the last episode. Totally. Good deal. This episode, we have four easy steps. But if you listen now, we've got two free bonus steps that that we are prepared to give you. But I do... I, I. there are people who there there are churches that preach essentially if you have a passion in your life you need to lay that down because God's calling you to something else. And I think it's very worth mentioning that God gives us passions or a reason. Like there are going to yeah. be probably more times, more often than not God gives you a passion because he wants you to pursue that. Now, unfortunately for all of us, not every single passion we have is like guaranteed to be a big moneymaker. Like a passion to play football professionally. Or fantasy football <laughs> professionally, yeah. Um, <laughs> but we, uh, I, I think that if you have a passion for reaching the lost, if you have a passion for traveling, you know that could be something that you lean into and discover a desire to be a missionary. Yeah. Uh, you know, we are doing a big push with our youth ministry right now. I know Derek's youth pastor is doing the same thing where we are trying to raise as much money in one night for missions as possible. Mm -hmm. And one of the, if, if you, so I actually, there's two statistics that have popped up this, the last few weeks that have been very unsettling. One is that 42% of the people in the world have never heard the gospel before. It's crazy. Uh, which is crazy. They're like completely unreached people groups. Mm-hmm. There are zero churches. They have not heard the gospel. The other number I heard was that 70% of Christians think that we have brought the gospel to the whole world. Oh my word. And so that's high. Like that's very high. And so like maybe we're just bringing some awareness right now that like boy do we need some more missionaries. Yeah. Um but let's let's dive in. So I'm I'm called to missions. I want to be a missionary. Lord send me. Yep. Step 1. Okay, now sell what? everything. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just move already. Yeah. Uh, step one, pray. Mm-hmm. Because we had to be cliche. Um, pray. Like God, God is going to plant you somewhere specific. Yep. If you don't know where that is yet, pray that he would guide you to it. Um, 
you know, one resource that uh, you could potentially utilize is uh, there's a resource called the Joshua Project, which essentially highlights one of those unreached people groups every single day. And, you know, it has like they have an app, I believe, where you can get it and, like every day you can go in and see, uh, you know, some of the different unreached people groups and some stats about them, some different things about their culture uh, and some directions on how to pray for the gospel to be reached or to be reaching those people. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek, you have another one in here called Operation World. Yeah. What's that about? It's a book that if you stand on top, it'll add about four four inches to your to your height. It's a huge book. Uh, but we actually... we. This is one of the books that I did purchase in college per recommendation as one of my missions class called Global Perspectives. And uh, it is a, it's a book of every single country in the world. Um, and they, uh, they have in this book just some general information about each country, you know, what percentage are Muslim, which percentage are Hindu, which percentage are Christian, evangelical Christians, all those different things unique parts about the countries. It's, it's just a really cool resource. But within that book, they have specific things to pray for, for that country. And so, um, there's, there's just some really cool plans out there where each day you, you flip to a different country, you pray for those needs, you pray for that country. And, uh, it's, it's just really, really cool. So, um, that's a great spot. It, It literally has every single country in our world listed, and uh, it's just a really, really cool book. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so if you don't know where you might want to end up or or you don't know where God is calling you, uh, a couple of resources that we'd encourage you to pray through. Um, if you do know, mm-hmm. like if, if God, like you're kind of clear, like, hey, this is the people group, this is the country, this is the city that, that I want to go to, um, pray for the people there. Yeah. Uh, and... and I feel, yeah, I don't know if we should caveat this, but make sure that God's calling you there, not you want to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good. You know, it's, it's good to have a, a passion yeah. for the people that God is calling you to. Sure. Yeah. Hawaii needs churches too, man. Uh, I listen, um, you're familiar with YWAM? Yes. So for those of you who are not familiar, YWAM stands for Youth With a Mission. And uh, they've got several locations, uh, mostly Western United States, uh, where they like you can sign up. I think it's a nine month thing where like half of it you go and you kind of get equipped and trained, and then the other half you go to a uh, a location around the world somewhere and do ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a location in Hawaii, and I've never really fully been on board with like. Yeah, I'm going to you know, give toward this person who's going to go to YWAM in Hawaii. Seems suspicious. Mm-hmm. I did actually have a uh with our youth mission teams, I had somebody once tell me like, "Oh, I love that you do those. If you ever need an adult volunteer to help with those, I would love to do it as long as it's in a tropical country." Ah. And I had never asked that person to help because you are clearly doing it for the wrong mm-hmm. reasons, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so pray for the people that, uh, if, if you do know where God's calling you and, and God's the one that directed that, yep. uh, 
I mean, get a head start. Start praying for those people. Yeah. Pray for other things as well, um, which again sounds cliche, but like there, there, there's so much more about missions that we're going to unpack here that is more than just actually going to a place and digging in. Um, you know, start praying for conversations, conversations with the people that you're reaching, conversations with the leaders in that country, conversations with potential financial investors, you know, all these different things. Like just be praying for divine conversations that, yeah. that you're going to have whether that be in a week, a month, a year, just be praying for those conversations. Be praying for courage and boldness. Depending which country you go in, you might, there There are certain countries where the moment you get in there, there's going to be a target on your back and there's going to be some hostility. There's are other countries where maybe there's people, you know, that country welcomes you there, but you still need to be courage enough to talk to people and talk to the locals and to, and to reach them. Uh, we talked about the, the difficulty of ministry not that again, not that it's a hierarchy, but there are just some unique challenges to missions that are going to require some supernatural courage, some supernatural boldness, supernatural strength to lead and lead well. So just be praying that you are that that God's spirit is alive and awake in you and ready to step into whatever it is that He has for you. Just be bathed in prayer, I think, especially as a missionary. Yep, love it. Step one, pray. Step two. Mission where you're at. Uh, just because you're not overseas yet doesn't mean that you can't reach the lost. There are thousands and thousands of people wherever you are at right now that do not know Jesus yep. and need to know Jesus. Yep. And so I would highly encourage uh, find a way locally to get involved in that and like just live your life like that like mm-hmm. live your life in a way that you know if if you are called to missions it's probably a pretty high shot that you also have you know either a gifting or a passion for evangelism mm-hmm. live it out yep do it and along with that first free bonus step step 2.5 step 2 is mission where you're at step 2.5 mission somewhere else too yeah uh, you know, if your church does short-term mission teams, uh, do it. Yeah. Like find it, like find a short-term mission team that you can be a part of. Uh, if you're in a youth ministry that does one, uh, if you're not in a youth ministry that does one, come be a part of ours and we'll bring you maybe, well, uh, yeah. you know, like find a way there, there are plenty of other organizations that will facilitate short-term mission teams that you can jump in on, uh, or connections that you or your church might have where you can go for a week or two or a month and you know, be a missionary. Get a taste for it. If you do that and you find out, wow, I really don't like other food. Yeah. Maybe we should rethink this whole right. missionary thing. I don't like being away from home this long, you know, or, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, my family. Right. You know, and, and those are the things where I think you got to have both. Mission where you're at. You know, like you... You got to get competent at sharing your faith with strangers. You got to get comfortable sharing your testimony, what God's done, explaining God in, in a way that you can articulate it in a minute and a half, whatever that is, like mission where you're at. I love that. But you have to get a taste of what it's going to be like. And that's where it's like short-term mission teams are great. One week is great. But I personally, it's my just unprofessional unexperienced perspective, you need to have more than just a week. You need to be away from home for a month to 
live because again, you can do most things for a week. You don't you don't like rice and beans, you can get by for a week. Yeah. You can't get by yep. for a month. You know, uh, I don't like being away from internet connection and the postal service more th- more than a few weeks. Well, you're gonna have to figure that out. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, even just being removed from your core back at home, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's acquaintances, the missionaries that I know, this is not a, Hey, we're going to go serve a term and then go be an insurance agent. Like they're looking to, this is a career. We are going to be career missionaries. We might live in this country indefinitely if we're able to. So there's a legitimate, like we are picking up and not just moving, but like we are starting a new life. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you got you got to have a taste for that. And so that's where it's like, I'm. There are things like uh, they they call it the world race. My sister did it. It's a nine month mission trip to yep. four different countries. Yep. Very very cool program. It, it, it gets you a taste for what it's like to live as a missionary. What it's like to. What's cool with that is you're you're in places for a month minimum, up to three or four months. So you're in Thailand for three months. You learn a lot about yourself and a lot about missions when you spend three months in Thailand. You learn a lot about missions when you spend two months in India. Uh, all these different things. There's some really good programs out there where you can kind of mission somewhere else before you fully sign the dotted line and say, hey, sign me up, put me somewhere for four years or whatever yeah. it is. Yep. Love it. Next step, step three, um, <clears throat> and this is one that that I think is really important. As you are you know, taking steps toward becoming a missionary, at some point, you need to have in mind a missions philosophy. And there are two different types of missionaries that we see patterned in the Bible. Uh, Peter and Paul are the two examples. And so I want to dive into kind of what we mean by that, what that looks like, uh, and then, you know, how, like, why both of these are good options. Uh, you just, you have to pick one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Peter was a a missionary, uh, you know, essentially mm-hmm. to the city of Jerusalem. Uh, Peter and his ministry were fully funded by the generosity of the church as a whole. Yep, and so the you know, different churches gave toward Peter and and his ministry, and he was. He was, you know, then doing ministry based off of that. And so what that allowed Peter to do, and, and any missionary who is funded by churches, it allows them to put almost all of their efforts into, you know, being dedicated to whatever their ministry yes. is. Yep. And so, for example, I will use, uh, you know, the example I'll use is uh, the missionaries that we just partnered with down in Panama uh, for our most recent mission team with our high schoolers. Uh, they do. They go into schools and do assemblies in schools, uh, talking about hope, talking about Jesus, because they can do that there in their schools. Uh, and then they also do like this huge girls conference. Uh, they have an after-school center where kids can, you know, come and, and do, uh, you know, learning English better or computer skills and stuff like that. And... All of that stuff does not pay them. They're able to do all of that stuff because the churches support them. Yeah. And so that would be one method of being a missionary, one philosophy. The other philosophy would be Paul's stance or or Paul's method, which is 
Paul was a tent maker. Yep. Like that was Paul's job. And so as Paul went around as a missionary, he supported himself by being a tent maker and then, you know, used that to fund his life. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's how he ate. That's how he found housing. That's, you know, all of that stuff. Um, his rationale with that was because he didn't want to burden the people that he was ministering to. <clears throat> right. For him, he was, you know, traveling around a lot and uh, planting churches, starting churches. And so there's a couple reasons that I think that that method worked better for Paul and Peter's method worked better for her, for him. One is that just if you think about the logistics of 2,000 years ago, Peter was in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. The whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously he left Jerusalem at times, but like he was stationed in Jerusalem. So if I want to send some money to Peter, I know where to find him. Yeah. If I want to send some money to Paul, man, who knows where that dude just is? Just Venmo him, PayPal, whichever <laughs> option. Just like you literally think about it, you literally have to like physically send somebody yes. with a wad of cash wandering around trying to find Paul. Yep. And you know, they go to Ephesus, and they're like, oh, you just missed him. Like, he went on to <laughs> Thessalonica. Yeah. All right, cool. Get to Thessalonica. Oh, you just missed him, man. He went over to Galatia. Crete. <laughs> he went to Crete. I, You know what? I heard he got shipwrecked somewhere. He might be dead. Like, logistically, you know, it, it made a lot more sense for Paul to just finance his own ministry. Yeah. Uh, and, and it allowed, like, again, like, he was moving around from town to town, like, he he could bring something of value yeah. with him. Uh, and so I don't, like, neither one of them is bad, mm-hmm. but you, you're going to have to pick one because step 3.5 is that you then have to equip yourself yeah. in one of those two methods. Totally. And I, I think that, you know, with both of these steps, something that I think is so valuable is... You need to have a missions philosophy. We also got to have a missions heart, you know? Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is Paul was a missionary. He was funding his own projects, but he also spearheaded multiple different giving campaigns to the poor people of Jerusalem. Yeah. And I was studying this a few weeks ago, like fundraisers were not a thing back in this day and age. They were, they like mass fundraisers. You're telling me that they didn't go around selling Heggie's pizza Hey, Heggie's pizza is good. Little uh, little pastries for four hundred dollars a piece. For- <laughs> yeah, right. Man, I have been undercharging. I know. For pizza. I'm sorry. I, I, I we'll step it up. We'll, we'll talk after no the kidding. episode. But like, like, it was unheard of for for yeah. someone to spearhead a fundraising campaign. But Paul did it because he knew that there were different people that really needed the financial help, financial provision. And I just think of all the people that would spearhead a giving you you would think okay maybe someone who's well off someone who's comfortable someone who's planted all the things paul was not you know he he was quite literally living hand to mouth he was working for his living but yet he still saw the importance of providing for other people and i think that if you're going to go into missions i understand fully you got you got a cash budget to finance. You've got itinerating to happen so you can get monthly support. I understand you are quite literally fighting for your living. But at the same time, the the missionaries who I've seen have the most impact are the ones who have a missions philosophy and a missions heart where they understand, 
even though I need the money too, I'm going to continue to invest into the kingdom, invest into other countries, invest into other missionaries uh, myself as well. So, yeah, I love that. That, that heart's important. Um, so when it comes to equipping yourself in one of these methods, like if you are the Peter side of things yep, and you know, you are, your plan is like, I'm going to, I'm going to have connections with different churches and different organizations. They're, they're funding me. And then because what I'm doing might not make any money. Uh, and so I need to be funded in order to do that. You got to equip yourself in order to be able to do whatever it is that you're going to do. Yep. And so, you know, again, to use these missionaries as the example, if you're going to go in and do assemblies in schools, you better know how to do assemblies in schools. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds uh-huh. stupid, but it sounds simple, but it's true. Like you've got to make sure that you know how to, do- if you are want to go and start an orphanage somewhere, you should probably figure out how to plan. run an organ, oh, an orphanage, like have yeah. a business. You still, just because it might not make any money doesn't mean that you don't need to have a business plan in right. place so that when you meet with churches and meet with other people, you can lay out a very well-organized plan of this is how I'm doing this. Uh, and, and that's a vision that they're going to be able to be excited about and be on board with. Yep. Uh, on the Paul side of things, if you are going to, you know, equip yourself with, uh, you know, a, a skill that earns you money, you need that skill. Yep. And so, you know, for some people it is like, there's plenty of missionaries that teach English as a second language in a foreign country. Mm -hmm. Well, you've got to be able to teach English. Uh, you know, so it might, you might need a teaching degree or something like that. There's people that go and start coffee shops or different small businesses and, and just like, I'm just going to live in this country, set up shop as a small business owner yep. and be a light in my community. That's a great plan. Yep. But you need a small business uh-huh. idea. You need, you know, the the idea and the plan in order to actually make that happen. Totally. Um what were you going to say? Uh I was going to just talk about this you talked about being an English teacher. If you're going to teach English, what you should probably also be able to do is speak the native language of the ones you're teaching. True. You, you can't go and teach English to somebody who doesn't understand English, obviously. And so, like, I know that a lot of times it feels like, oh, yeah, of course I'm going to do that. But if you know you're going to be called to Spain and you're in high school, guess what you shouldn't be taking? French. For- exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's, it's, this sounds Latin. mundane. That'd be fun, actually. That would be actually, Michaela, my wife, went to a grade school for, I think, up until fifth grade, then she moved. But uh, they taught Latin. That's intense. And Spanish in kindergarten. That's epic. Yeah. I like that. It's basically a pre-med elementary school. That sounds about right. And yeah. that would make a lot of sense because your wife's incredibly bright. And Why she met in, you? And-, and we grew up in Rochester, which is like literally nicknamed Med City. Yeah, yeah. Because one of the greatest hospitals in the country is in your backyard. Pretty much. Yeah, that'll do it. Anyways, but like, I mean, I just I think that there's no time too soon to start learning a language. And here's the thing: if you're not sure where you're gonna go, pick one. Because mm-hmm. here's the deal: is like outside of America, people speak many languages. Like we're kind of dumb in that in that regard. Like you you go to Austria or France and you run into people. It's like, so do you know English? Yep, I know English. I also know French, English. You know, like Austrian, exactly. Language, German, whatever. You you know, like four different languages. So 
learn a language. If you know where you're going to go, learn the language. If you don't, just learn a language because it helps. And just- and a lot of times, even if you end up learning the wrong language, scientifically, like once you, like if you know more yes. than one language, it's a lot easier to continue to pick up other languages. Yep, totally. Yep. Um, another thing that I think is worth mentioning in this, you know, getting equipped with your missions philosophy step is that, you know, whether you go the Peter route or the Paul route, higher education could be very beneficial both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, going the Peter route, you know, there are, you know, global missions degrees. Uh, you know, there are, uh, you know, missions degrees of various sorts that, that could be helpful. Going the Paul route, uh, you know, like we mentioned, you might want a education degree. Uh, you might want a business degree. Could be could be very very useful. Business degree could be useful either way. Yeah. Uh, but there are organizations, denominations of churches that are very hesitant to send people as missionaries when they have any or substantial debt. Uh, student loans can be sometimes a big hindrance to missions work because if you think about it so so take i mean either either route you go you have to raise more money monthly in order to cover your student loan payments than you would have if you were uh if, if you didn't go to you know if you if you didn't it, that's that's a better way to phrase it if you were debt free mm-hmm. you know you can go to college without going into tens of thousands of dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. You've got to be purposeful about it. Mm-hmm. You might take a gap year before you go to save up money. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you have... A, I, I would encourage that as opposed to you know, taking a gap year after college to pay it off before right. you get into the field. Yep. Uh, that's just a little bit more discouraging. But that is just, just an important... If, if you are thinking about going into missions, that is an important piece of the puzzle to consider yep. because... At the very least, it will be a hindrance financially. At the worst, there are organizations that won't send you. Totally. And the last thing you want to do is having to be, you know, a, a debt collector trying to come after you when you're in a different country, and that can kind of raise some alarms and some red flags on there, and they can just become a really, really bad mess, you know? And um, just kind of put a bow on, on this. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, are you still on the equipment? Yeah. Okay, yeah. continue. Something I, something I was going to say with, with the equipment too that you you didn't mention, Kyle. I think also understanding, like this, this might be a very subliminal thing, but kind of ask yourself what what gifts you have that you can hone that could be useful in your in your missions work. You know, yeah. like if you're, if you know you're going to go with the Peter method, you're going to be fully funded. But guess what? Like, you kind of have a knack. One of the missionaries that we support, um, he had a knack. He he has enjoyed barbecuing. You know, just like throwing ribs on a smoker, like just nothing crazy. But they found out when they went down to their country of choice that this is an outreach tool. They don't have that kind of barbecue where they're at in their in their country. So what they do is they make traditional barbecue, have people over, and tell them what the gospel. You know, like. Would have, they would have never thought that would be the model they have for their ministry, but it started with him just getting passionate about barbecue. And so find what it is that you're good at, craft that skill because you have no idea how that might be utilized down in the field. Yeah, that's good. 
Uh, last thing that I'll say on the equipment side of things, uh, and this is going to be specific to you know which like where you end up going, but there are countries that won't allow you to come in and be a missionary because you are from country X, mm -hmm. typically just the United States. Mm -hmm. Everybody just hates Americans. Um, but like I'm looking through our, you know, list of where our listeners are for the podcast. Mm -hmm. Like we live in Minnesota, United States, obviously 86% of our listeners are from the United States, but we got close to 5% of our listeners from the United Kingdom. Mm hmm we got listeners in Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. Um, I'll share the story of uh, some missionaries in the from the United States mm -hmm. that I don't know that this was like their goal the entire time, um, but they wanted to equip missionaries. Mm -hmm. And so instead of setting up a school to do that in the United States, they set up a school to equip missionaries in um, uh, Antarctica. No. Uh, Argentina. There it is. Very different. Southern Hemisphere. Okay, sure. I knew Australia Tropical was also going to be wrong, but Argentina. Uh, and, and they, like, they, missionaries, like, natural, like, born in, like, nationally from Argentina mm -hmm. can get into countries that missionaries from America cannot get into. Interesting. And so, like, that's part of what they are doing. Like, oh, I can't get into North Korea as an American. I can go equip an Argentinian who can get into North Korea as Genius. a missionary. You know? And so there's things like that. The other thing that is worth looking at, uh, if you want to be a missionary, there are countries that will see you have a degree from North Central Bible College and won't let you in. Yep. So again, just things to be mindful of. If you like I I know that I want to be a missionary. I know that I'm called to this people group that is a very difficult people mm -hmm. group. Start taking steps now. And and now I'm not an expert on all there's a reason I'm not naming countries other than North Korea. That's totally. because I think it's it's just a safe bet it's that North universal, Korea yeah. hates everybody. But if you know somebody or can, if you can acquire a contact, which we'll talk about in a minute, that is in that country already that can give you some tips and pointers on how to prepare yourself in order to get there, uh, I would highly encourage you to yeah, do that. Absolutely. Should we give them their final step? Final steps. Final step installment. Four, or step six, depending on how you've been counting. Step number four, step number six, your last payment is to network. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's kind of a little uh, counterproductive. As it we're sounds about. like almost gross. Yeah. Yeah. But here, here's the thing. If you want to, to have favor, uh, if you want to have connections when you get into the field, you got to have some form of network. Yep. What does that mean? Um, what, what it's a part of your network. Well, you got to have financial investors, uh, regardless of what you're the old Peter or Paul, you're going to need some kind of 
external source of income for various things. Uh, even if you work for yourself, let's say you're going to do a big building project in your country for your, for your missions organization, it's probably good to have that COO in America who can write a check for 15 grand without losing too much sleep or a hundred grand or whatever it is. You want to have those financial investors. Uh, it's even good to have, if you, especially if you're in the Peter route, you got to have your monthly supporters who are there to say, Hey, we're there with you. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll back you. We'll make sure that you have food to eat all those different things. It's good to have those. What's also good to have is people who can pray for you people who can encourage you. Hey, how are things going down there? I was thinking about you this week. How are you doing? Like I talked to, we brought on two additional missionaries to our church team of people that were like, Hey, we're behind you as a church. We're supporting you. I asked them like, what, like outside of financial contributions, what would they benefit most from, from, you know, a church supporting them? And they both said the same answer, which was just letting us know we're not alone. You know, like, Wow. You know, we're, we're down in our country. Postal service doesn't really exist. Wi-Fi is spotty. It gets very lonely and very isolated where we're at. And so just getting a text from you guys saying, Hey, we're thinking of you. We're praying for you. Hope you and your family are doing well. They said it means more than you'll ever know. That's so simple for someone that's back in the States to do. That could be something we could do literally in a minute and a half as we're thinking about it but it means the world. And so you got to have people who can encourage you and uplift you uh, along with all those different things. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love it. That's cool. I think there's, there's a lot of countries out there that need the gospel. Yep. And there are a lot of students in youth ministries right now that could go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that, you know, especially the Paul method where it's like, Hey, I'm just going to go, and live and work in another country and be a light over there. I actually would say that there's a lower, like you could just do that. Easy. Like if if you feel like that's something that like a door that God has opened and you're passionate about it and he's, he's given you that passion. Like it does, it does not have to, Derek mentioned it earlier. It doesn't have to be this over spiritualized calling I think that ministry is a little bit different in that context from being a missionary. And again, where there's two different kinds of, there are probably more than two, but two main different kinds of missionaries and you'll get people that are a hybrid of the two. Yep. But the end at the end of the day, if you want to just go and be a light in a different country, make it happen. And that, that will kind of really lead us into the next episode of when you work in the secular world. Like mm-hmm. the thing about missions is... You're in missions, whether you're working at 3M in St. Paul, Minnesota, or whether you are putting your life on the line literally by taking the gospel into some African jungle. Like missions is missions, you know? And so to me, it's one of those things, you have a knack for chemical engineering. Like that's awesome. You're going to make a boatload of money. But you also choose to spend two years of your career over in insert country because you're just going to be a light. You're going to, you're going to minister to your coworkers. You're going to be a part of the local church. You might have people over for dinner and tell them about who Jesus is. It doesn't have to be this grandiose. You stand on the corner with a sign and say, repent and be baptized. You just live your life in the Mm. way that God's called you to live. And to me, that's, that's the most, at least in my, this is how I approach evangelism, even in the States here. 
people don't want to be told what to believe. Yeah. They don't. Like mm-hmm. we are far beyond believe this because this is what's true. Like that that doesn't exist anymore. People want to know what's your experience and what does that look like? Because that's what influences people. So when you just live on mission, when you just live for Christ and you live to be a blessing and to be a light, to let your light shine in the world, you're going to be a missionary. Whether that means you're a pastor, whether that means that you are a baker, whether that means you are a vocational missionary in another country, missions is all about living on mission for him. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the best way you can be a missionary is to just live on mission. So that kind of just ties into secular, you know, jobs, which we'll talk about next episode. But I love what you just said, Kyle, like that maybe your missionary life looks like you went to the university of Minnesota and pursued chemical engineering. And now you're using that to not only just make innovations in your field, but to use it as a platform to reach other people for him. Yeah. And, and you can see, you know, some of these, you know, your job passion and a passion for missions intersecting where like other countries need chemical engineers, mm-hmm. other countries need, you know, these other jobs. Like that is the Paul method. Yeah. Like, Oh, this other town over here needs some tents made. I'll go build some and also bring the gospel. Yeah. Sweet. Totally. You know, that, that stuff, God's going to open those doors. Yep. If, if you want to, if you want to pursue that and, and you want to just say, God, I'm, I'm free. Use me however you want. Yep. You know, I'll go anywhere and, and watch him. He will. Totally. And, and it'll be awesome. Yeah. Love it. I think that about does it. I hope that we've got some listeners that are, are hearing this and saying, hey, this is maybe something that that I'm interested in because we've got a lot of people around the world mm-hmm. that, that need more people that'll say yes to this. Yeah. Sweet. Well, on behalf of Derek, I appreciate you guys hanging out with us for this episode. I think it's about time that I go get my passport updated. Good night. Good night.